Hi, this is Ken Clark. I'm the minister of the Old First Church in Bennington, Vermont. This is another recording of one of our worship services at the Old First Church, which we are making in this quite unusual year. They allow us to worship together when we can't gather at the meeting house. These services will be posted weekly on our church website and also as a podcast, which is entitled A Walk to Cleo Hall, which you can find on the app Anchor or other podcast apps such as Spotify. This service is intended for December 27th, 2020. The organist is Jean-Marie Callahan, and the preacher is Ken Clark. Good morning and welcome to worship at the Old First Church in Bennington, Vermont. 
Our opening words are found in the order of service. Please join me in saying them together. O give thanks unto the Lord, for God is good. His mercy endureth forever. Be thankful unto God and bless God's name. For the Lord is good, God's mercy is everlasting, and God's truth endureth to all generations. Our hymn is Angels from the Realms of Glory. join me in the opening prayer, which is found in our order of service. O God, whose goodness is great, your mercies are innumerable. Make us clean hearts in this season. Allow us to see your presence in this broken world. Restore the voice of joy and gladness to us. Where we have erred, guide us home. Give us the comforts of thy help again, and let thy free spirit establish in us the liberty of your children. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. If we confess our faults, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen.
first lesson is from the Old Testament book of Isaiah in chapters 61 and 62. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom bedecks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn, and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication, and all kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. Here ends the first lesson. Our hymn is Good Christian Friends Rejoice. second lesson is taken from the book of Luke in the second chapter, verses 22 through 40. This is the time after the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, and everyone is getting ready to go home. Eight days have passed, and it's time for the Jewish ritual of circumcision, and so the gospel begins. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what was stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves 
or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. And at that moment she came and began to praise God, to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Here ends the second lesson. It's the first Sunday after Christmas, so I hope everyone has had a good Christmas time. And since we are recording this particular service on Christmas Eve, uh, it should be almost a Christmas Eve type sermon. I want to give some attention to the Gospel of Luke and mainly underscore for you this one thought, this sense of discovery, this sense of awareness that two very important people have. Simeon, who discovers this child in the temple, and also Anna, who says something in her role as a prophetess. These are two people, Simeon in his old age, Anna, looking constantly for some sense of salvation and hope, two people who are intimately aware of life and what's going on and looking through every day to find something that is special, that bears scrutiny that is worthwhile. If you're in that business of looking around all the time for something special and worthwhile, you will have opportunities perhaps every day and then soon understand that everything that you thought was special is really not that special at all. But then there are times when you are looking and like Simeon or Anna, you truly do find something special. Some of us having celebrated Christmas, maybe looking back to Christmas memories. Others, having no solace at Christmas time, may look back to other points in their life. I want to tell you a little story because what else will hold our attention today? It's kind of a Christmas Eve story. Every Christmas Eve, I'm in the position, as many ministers I assume are, or maybe not, of not having all my work done uh, for Christmas 
I've done work in the church, but things at home are a little bit still undone. There must be a minister's support group uh, for people like me. This year, in the year of our pandemic, I was going about my usual way of doing things. You would think someone who is caught in my bind each year would proactively plan far, far in ahead and start doing things. But it's become a tradition in my family to put up the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. Nothing like adding a little bit more panic to the panic box than having to do that. And so I was planning, as usual, to pick up a Christmas tree in the last couple days. And lo and behold, I looked and I looked and I looked, and I'm not sure any of you are in the same boat. I've always had luck on Christmas Eve in finding a tree or the day before Christmas. And I've actually considered it part of the Christmas tradition in a strange way to go on this hunt. A few times, miraculous things have occurred. I've met people. I met one year a Christmas tree dealer whose situation I was able to incorporate into the Christmas Eve prayer here in Bennington, a very moving situation that was disclosed to me. And other things of that nature happened. But this year, as I scoured the usual lots for trees, they were empty. I usually, in going around the month of December, I usually have two or three places which I keep an eagle eye on, making sure they have a supply and it's being replenished. As I went through the inventory of places, driving here and there in the last month, I noticed many of them had closed down. Many of them were no longer offering trees, probably about a week or week and a half ago, far too early for me to buy a tree. So I foolishly decided I would keep waiting and perhaps two or three days before Christmas start my search. There was one place I could always count on. And when I went there, I was surprised, shocked to see that the lot was empty of Christmas trees. I went inside and talked to the man behind the counter who told me that the fellow who supplies him had no more trees this year. He said that the snow, because of the snowfall we had about three weeks ago, and these were local trees, he said the snow was so deep he's just not pulling any more out this year. It's all he has. I did a little more investigation, spent too much time probably looking for a Christmas tree, considered perhaps doing without a Christmas tree. That could be done. I live in a place without family coming, so I didn't have to please anyone except myself. But a Christmas tree would please me. So I kept looking. I heard and confirmed that there were Christmas trees in Westminster, Vermont. There's an interchange with Route 91 going north and south down to New York and up to the ski areas, and there's a stand there that deals in all kinds of things that people stop on the highway for and either bring back to the city or they take up into the country. And that particular farm stand, whose name I won't mention because of what I'm going to say, but that particular farm stand confirmed indeed they had Christmas trees. So I jumped in the truck and drove over. It was a long drive, but it was the only Christmas tree I could find. When I got there, there were some beautiful trees, and they all had tags on them, and every single tag said, $79. Well, there's no way that someone born and raised in New England, even though I was born in Rhode Island, it still counts, 
But there was no way that someone born and raised in New England was going to pay $79 for a Christmas tree. I could see someone going to New York, uh, coming from New York or going up to their ski chalet, thinking that was a bargain price. But for me, it was, uh, was clearly outrageous. So, despite needing a Christmas tree, I turned my back and went away. And I began to think, well, I've got a wood lot. I've got trees on that lot. I can always cut something. But there was no way I was getting up there. And the snow would be deep. No way I was getting up there for a tree. I then decided that what I would do is take maybe some branches of a maple tree or an ash that had fallen in my backyard and just kind of like uh, bind them all together and string some lights on them. That might work. I could even cut a few evergreen boughs. There might be a tree on my place in New Hampshire that would work as well. So I was mildly hopeful. I certainly knew by this time that I was going to get a story out of it. On the way home, I decided I need Christ- needed Christmas lights. And so I stopped, not at a big box hardware store, but at one of these little hardware stores where you have to uh, turn sideways to go down the aisle and you have to wonder why, how they managed to get all this stuff in the store and, and, and how how it gets sold, because there's no one in the store except for yourself, and you have to go hunting for the person who uh, is in charge. As I bought some Christmas lights, I said to the clerk in a half jest, now all I need is a tree. And then I told her about some of the story. I had heard from another farm stand I had inquired for Christmas trees from, That person told me there were also no trees, and he said there were no trees because the virus and the pandemic had limited the number of shipments of Canadian trees down into uh, Vermont and down south. He said there just weren't enough trees this year. Can't get my hands on them. So that was another possible explanation. I shared this with my daughter, who referred me to an NPR story about it, so it must be true. Uh, that there was a true shortage of Christmas trees this year. The clerk at this hardware store looked up and she said, you don't have a tree? I said, no. And she said, wait a second. And she said, uh, if you want, I, there's a cut your own place where Bob, who works in the back, uh, back storeroom, uh, he just got a tree and um, he paid $15 for it. I don't know what I was more excited about, the fact that you could get a Christmas tree or that you could get one for $15. At any rate, uh, it took a while to find Bob, but it was worth the wait. Bob appeared, uh, even with a piece of paper, a map that he had drawn out when he had gone on his Christmas tree adventure. He said I could keep the map and review the directions, his handwriting for me, and off I went. It wasn't too far away, only about five miles and. The day was beginning to uh, close. It was about maybe 3.45 or almost 4 o'clock, sun beginning to set. I followed the directions, and I came upon an out-of-the-way dirt road farm that you could not imagine any better place. You've been to Christmas tree farms where you can cut your own trees. This was a farm where the trees really weren't in that regulated order on some flat piece of old cornfield that someone's turned to higher profit. But instead, this was a old place nestled in the woods and rolling fields. 
The fences still had barbed wire on them from probably 40 years ago. There was a great feeling of things both old and um, part of the tradition. Nobody was around. It was a on-your-honor system place. And happily, the money was being donated to a local charity to support some kids. Two saws hung on the post, and off I went. Several fields to choose from. Easy to find a tree. And I found a tree. And as I was out in the field, looking back, sunset to the west, the house nestled in amongst trees and forest and field, really looking like a postcard. I can't tell whether it was the house that made the scene or the way the land rolled and lay and the field and forests came together. But whatever it was, it was special. And then I looked up and the moon was just appearing overhead as I cut the tree. Still enough light to do everything. The sunset was rose-colored. The moon was bright enough and the job was done. Simeon and Anna are people who noticed something very special. And in that hunt for a Christmas tree, just yesterday, in that hunt for a Christmas tree, I noticed something special. It's that influx of God's grace. It's the presence of the holy. For Simeon and Anna, it was seeing Jesus in the temple. For me, it was standing in a New Hampshire field and a broken-down pasture full of Christmas trees, looking up at a moonlit sky and a setting western sun. Now, you may accuse me of being entirely too pantheistic here, but I truly believe that that moment of peace that engulfs you is not just the absence of worry or hurry or things to do. It's a real and living presence in nature, in the very world, and in your life. That is God. For Christians, we see it in the child Jesus. But even Christians, like myself, see it most not in some glossy painting or glossy picture of Jesus in a manger, but I see it, I feel it, I know it most in an evening on a hillside, looking at the sky, and seeing the sun setting, you realize that you've been graced with this life, and it is a gift. And to everyone who has this gift and connects this gift with God's Spirit, that is a true and very Christmassy kind of thing. So that's my story, and it does relate to Anna and Simeon, but it's my own way of disclosing and sharing with you something of Christmas, something of joy, and something of a wish this season that life will open up a moment for you and that eternity will flow in and that you will know the peace and presence of God. Amen. Our hymn is O Little Town of Bethlehem.
Again, I want to repeat my Christmas greetings and announcements to everyone. Hope your week is going well. And when I was telling that story about Christmas trees, how could I fail but not thank Peter and Monique Janellis, who each year grace our church with wreaths and trees and greenery. And they do it without charging us $79. They do it out of their love for this place. And I think of Peter's mother, Mary Janellis, who's been with us through the years. And um, that's what it's all about. That's what love is about and the season is about. I also think about our list of Christmas flowers and poinsettias that have been donated. Please consult that list if it's available and think about the love which holds those people together. And I think about everyone who make this church a beautiful place and want to thank them all. Uh, want to thank Jean Marie Callahan, who's been uh, experiencing the Advent season in double time. She's had to wait for me on several occasions, so she knows what Advent's all about. She also knows what Christmas is all about, and she's here today, and I thank her very much. I want to thank Nancy Andrews as well, who, like Jean Marie, uh, has knows what it is to wait, and she knows what it is to work, and um, she's done both, and we thank her for that. The morning offering for the work of our church will now be received. give thee but thine own, whate'er the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, be with us this Christmas season. We give you thanks for being together in any ways that we have been able to be together. <clears throat> 
We give you thanks, having concluded a difficult year, that we may still in this season find joy and hope and center our hearts on that peace and love which is your essence, your call, your promise in this world. Keep us strong for days ahead. Keep us alert to observe, to discern, to search. Allow us to discover. Allow us to have moments of grace which open our eyes and our hearts and feed our soul. We thank you for the news of the birth of Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for your church through the years, for those who have worked and witnessed and cared for others through centuries. We thank you for the church here and those who have worked in this place. We pray for our world in every year we make prayers of peace at this time. Those prayers we trust are not in vain. May peace be in our hearts and minds. May we act as peacemakers in this world. We remember our children for whom these times have been so difficult. And we pray for them a good and wholesome childhood, a freedom of spirit, a curiosity, a holy curiosity, a sense of fun. Be with all those this year who have done so much in sacrifice in hospitals, doctors, labs, those who have served and those who have struggled in business. There is so much, dear God, that we think of at this time. And so may our prayer now in silence go to you. Amen. Join me, if you will, in saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Our hymn is, What Child Is This? May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and give you peace this season and evermore. Amen.
Thanks for listening. I have a few other announcements to make this week. I noticed in putting together this service, we did not invite you to participate in the morning offering. And I know some of you are feeling badly about that, especially at the end of the year with tax time looming. So if you wish to participate in the morning offering, you can do so belatedly now by sending a contribution uh, as part of that morning offering to the Old First Church, One Monument Circle in Bennington, Vermont. And that is, will be, much appreciated. Also, as often happens this time of year, uh, when you have a lot to do, you sometimes don't do as much as you hope. There are some additional bits of Advent candle lighting and perhaps some other bits of Christmas services that I hope to be able to post on our website in the next few days. It's going to be difficult to make a prediction exactly when we can do that, but it is part of Christmas, and Christmas goes for 12 days. So let's see what we can do, and stay tuned. The best thing to do is to check the church website, and under the Worship Here and Now tab, you might find some extra bits and pieces. So with all those announcements underway and off my table, it's time now for me to thank everyone for listening, not only today and through this Christmas season, but also thanks for listening through this whole year. Have a good week ahead, be of good cheer, and live your faith every day. Permission to podcast and stream the service music is granted under license number 300-9679 from CCLI with all other creative rights reserved.